Several years ago, I read a postcard from the volcano, a powerful novel by a woman named Lucy Beckett, a Cambridge-educated British author. And in that work, set mostly in pre-World War II Germany, a young man named Adam Zapolsky, a disciple of Nietzsche, early on in his education, undergoes a dramatic about-face and decides to become a Roman Catholic priest. What follows is what he expresses to a friend about the reason for his decision. God knows the reason. One day, I may discover what it was, or not. It doesn't matter. All I know now is that I can't stake a bit of my life on it, the New Testament story, being true. If it's true, it requires the staking of the whole of my life. And that's because it's not only a story, as you and I have always called it. It's something that happened in reality, to reality, and changed it forever. It's something that asked the question that, once we've heard it, we have to answer. The New Testament witness found in the Gospels and rooted deeply in history is something that happened in reality to reality and changed reality forever. Wow. Wish I'd written that. Now, segue to last Sunday. We sang, you'll remember, the church's one foundation. I didn't need the leaflet, the bulletin, the hymnal. I have been singing that song all my life. But singing doesn't necessarily mean conviction or belief or affirmation of the truths expressed, at least not early on. And just moments ago, we have sung Lord of the Church, a prayer expressed as a hymn, a prayer that I can sing without reservation, and as often occurs, silently within, I changed all the plurals to singulars so that I would engage what my friend Oz Guinness identifies as a rendezvous with reality. Each of these hymns gets at the heart of why I am here on an insufferably hot, humid morning in July. 
And as St. Paul writes to the infant church in Colossae this morning, it is because I have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, and my life is rooted in him. Though not so securely anchored as it ought to be, as when sin invades, and I am only a weak imitation of what God intended me to be. Sin, yeah, I know it's not Lent, but sin, that invasion that erupts in my life and threatens that rendezvous with reality, that intimacy with the Lord of the church, her one true and only foundation. So powerfully expressed in what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in me as in heaven. Sin, that invasion from those supernatural principalities and powers referenced by Paul, who seductively whisper in my ear as I pray this morning's collect. Go ahead, John, read the words, but listen to me because I know what you really desire is to so pass through the things eternal, to pass through your rendezvous with him who claims to be eternal. After all, what right has he to make claims on you? Count the cost. Test the waters before you plunge in and will no longer be able to avoid the total immersion and instead latch on to me, onto the eternally temporal that I offer. And so I jog my memory this morning as at countless other moments and I remember those powerful words lead me not into temptation or the alternate translation we never use it in the prayer book because we love the old rendition do not bring me to the time of trial we said it this morning or in my own insertion, Lord, love me into the joyous memory of my rendezvous with you on so many occasions. The risen and ascended Lord of the church, so that I might praise your glory risen and ascended, you, Lord, over all, the everlasting King. 
I began this morning with a reference to what I consider a terrific piece of fiction that rings with authenticity to a young man's search for truth, to the realization that active and meaningful faith, trust, is so much more than just a gathering of friends or the Decker Fund or book clubs or anything else, feet stretched out toward the fire, pints in hand, or sherries, to discuss and exchange ideas. St. Paul understood this personally and gives a dynamic expression as we hear in this morning that blazing triumphant expression of hope that you and I truly penitent have restored within us a wholeness of life because Christ has blotted out all our offenses. He nailed them to the cross. To grasp this is no longer abstract philosophy argued over a pint of beer. Rather, it's a personal first-hand engagement with reality. And on Easter Day, that reality changed the world forever. As Os Guinness suggests, trust in Jesus is no longer merely a comparison of truth claims. Truth claims have closed on the reality they point to so that truth and reality are one. St. Paul, author of so much of the New Testament, thinkers as diverse as Augustine and Aquinas, Newton and Pascal, Chesterton and Lewis, a very bright young man in a contemporary novel and an aging priest standing in the pulpit. All have in their own way embraced the belief that the truth that is Jesus, if it is to be trusted, is nothing, nothing less than the reality of reality. For me, even in my weaknesses and lapses, for me, I am staking my life that my ever-deepening rendezvous with Jesus aligns fully with reality. As for 2,000 years, so many have pointed out the Christian faith anchored in the historical fact of the bodily resurrection of Jesus is, again, nothing less than the reality of reality. Many have argued, correctly I think, that if the Christian faith is true, it is true even if no one believes it. And if it is false, it is false even if everyone believes it. Each day of the week, I pray morning prayer 
by way of Zoom, with between 10 and 15 men and women. And in our mutual commitment to the Lord of the Church, we, are, we announce that we desire to be true to his calling, stirred by his vision, proclaiming his cross, reciting the creed, united corporately and individually to the truth of Jesus and his word. Every time you and I say grace at a meal, we announce to the worldly and other worldly powers that a different focus has entered the conversation and that we have chosen to be rooted in the eternal truth of Jesus Christ who provides the living waters for our souls reviving. And every time we come to St. Stephen's to celebrate the Eucharist, whether on a scorching, steamy, suffocating July morning or during a wintry blast in February, you and I proclaim that Jesus is Lord and Caesar isn't. That you and I have not absented ourselves from that which is eternal, but have set aside that which is temporal for a personal rendezvous with reality. So, we sing not just because we love the old Irish tune, London Derriere, but because we have chosen the Lord of the church to lead us on till toil and trouble ended, one church triumphant, one new song shall sing to praise your glory risen and ascended, Christ over all, the everlasting King. A rendezvous with reality. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.